All right, welcome to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm here today with uh, Brendan and Matt. Uh, how are you guys? How's it going? Doing all right? Doing pretty good. Starting off the new year. Yeah, good to hear. Um, so yeah, anything specific? You're anything you're excited about? It's tough to say. I've seen a lot of footage for new games coming out in 2015, but after some of the games that came out in 2014, I'm not sure if I want to hype up anything. Yeah. Anything uh, particular or not necessarily? You're just like, you've seen a, a variety and you're just generally not impressed. I've seen a lot of footage, but it's a lot of cinematics, clearly cinematic stuff. And it's like the E3 trailers were like, this is what it could be. It's not what you're going to get, but it's what you could get. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of misleading stuff. Yeah. I remember from your and my uh, last discussion about uh, Sunset Overdrive, it's just a lot of hype these days. But hopefully, hopefully some gems will pop up. How about you, Matt? Um, I honestly haven't been very impressed with anything that sort of came out second half of 2014. I'm looking forward to some of the, the new stuff that uh, Nintendo has promised, um, which I suppose is kind of a, a, a lame thing to say. But um, overall, I've, I've been sort of disappointed and uh, something that was... I don't think really a 2014 thing in general, but um, it was a 2014 thing for me was SimCity 5. I tried to get into it, and then there was all those server issues, and it just, it, it was bad. Um, and Xbox One, you know, Christmas, it, it went down due to hackers and, and PlayStation as oh, well, yeah. and it's just been a big royal mess and so right now i'm sort of burnt out on a lot of those those really big games um just because sure. i know that the launches are going to be pretty anticlimactic um so i'm looking more towards some of the smaller games some of the more casual games indie games um a few little indiegogo or kickstarter projects um that i'm looking at and so that's really exciting stuff for me Well, all right, I guess I'm going to, I'll jump into some of the cool news. Uh, it's nothing, like, too crazy, but, um, so you guys know how I'm interning for John Sanmez, and his, uh, he's got two podcasts, the one called Get Up and Code, and one called, uh, The Entreprogrammers, um, and I just recently edited the latest episode for Get Up and Code, and he totally plugged our podcast, which is, it's unreal, because he usually gets quite a couple hundred to thousand listeners, like, on a weekly basis, so that's pretty cool how he, he really gave us a really neat, a nice shout-out, said he loved the name of the show, and and he reiterated our, our URL and everything, so that's pretty exciting. So I'm looking forward to see if we get some new listeners from that. And uh, also, I want to just check out, like, I always... Uh, at the bottom of our episodes, type in something like, oh, give us a rating on iTunes if you get the chance. And I want to see, and we, we have two five-star ratings at this point, which is pretty exciting. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, for anybody who gives us a good review on iTunes, we should do something like a shout-out for them. Maybe, like, a, like not a plug, but just, like, a, a nice shout-out. Be like, this episode's thanks to these people for, for giving us a good review. Um, and I'm going to do that now for the first two. Um, the first user is Yuski1. Uh, I think I know who that is. I think it's our, our friend from Press Continue Podcast. So I really, <laughs> I really appreciate the review because we really uh, enjoy your show as well. And then the second is a user called Charles Brontosaurus. 
I, I, I have no idea who you are, but you gave us a phenomenal review. I, I actually, I'm going to go look it up real quick and read it on the show because he gave us a great review. And I can't thank you enough, Charles. So this episode is thanks to Charles Brontosaurus and Yiski One. Is that like Charles Bronson, but like a dinosaur? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if he's a dinosaur fan, he's already cool in my books. <laughs> he's a dinosaur fan, he would know that the Brontosaurus isn't actually a dinosaur. It was mislabeled and it's a, a patosaurus. Wow, you just blew my fucking mind. I, <laughs> I, Alright, dude, you know more than I do about that shit. Um, Alright, here's his review, though. Uh, Yuski said, Fun and informative. They are covering things that no one else is. Unique and entertaining. And then Charles Brontosaurus says, Awesome podcast that talks about games and how they work, that actually coding and nitty gritties of it. Lots of different perspectives and experiences to talk about. So they really, and uh, it's funny, the, the title for his review is called Definitely Better Than Silence. So that made, me, <laughs> that made me feel really good. So you guys rock. Thanks so much. And anybody else who actually happens to be listening to the show, uh, for the next couple months, uh, we will give you a shout out and read your review. I mean, of course, and you can be as honest as you as you want. Like, if you give us a three, I will still give you a shout out. It's just anything below a three, we might not like want to be like, oh, we got a one star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, we really appreciate the positive feedback. So Nerf Herder Nerf Herder forty seven gave us a one out of three or one out of five stars. He says we suck and should never listen to him. Thanks, yeah. Nerf Herder forty seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. I feel like so a three and up, you're good. You'll be you'll get the shout out. So and and we, we do want constructive criticisms. That's it's not like, oh, we'd only want five star reviews. Anything if you guys have a complaint, let us know. But yeah, hopefully you're not just gonna flame us and give us bad reviews because we do wanna make a, a mark in the podcasting scene if we can. Yeah, I think you just opened up the Pandora's box of the internet. Yeah, we'll take any feedback. Oh yeah, just... here we go. <laughs> and certainly, we'll we'll shout out things other than reviews as well. And you know, if you've got a game that you're building, or if you've got something cool to share, you know, we're we're more than happy to talk about it. Totally, yeah. And honestly, if if you're comfortable enough, we might even just have you on the show if you want to talk about it. So who knows? I mean, it could be a good venue for any of you guys just starting out. But, um, yeah, speaking of that, I mean, have you done any thinking on the game where you want to create, Matt, or anything? Yeah, I've done a little bit of research into uh, some of the the sort of things that you need to do to... And I realize this is very, very vague and makes it sound like I didn't do much research. But it's sort of um, sort of tying in the, the lower level things into the higher level stuff. So uh, reading up on physics engines, um, reading up on... Um, how to integrate different types of meshes and textures together. Um, so I've been slowly sort of digesting a lot of that stuff. Um, really interesting. Uh, looking forward to, to diving in when you guys have something more solid uh, in terms of uh, ideas uh, and plot and things like that. Sure. Well, dude, I actually have been looking more, a lot more into Unity and stuff, and I think it's a, a good way for us to go. Um, I'll def, I, I found a really good source of tutorials for, say, a game along the lines of, um, Diablo 2 kind of style, and I think that'd be really fun to just run with something like that. And it's, there's a lot of, uh, open assets that we can use to start, to start right off the bat. So I would say I was only, I put in about an hour or two of just following these tutorials and I already have, um, 
a basic character, a 3D model, and he's animated, so you can click for him to run around and avoid enemies, and there's like a basic combat system I'm working on. And the nice thing about the tutorial is um, he's doing all the code in C-sharp, so it's it's pretty simple to follow. And uh, the, he, he pretty much runs into bugs as he goes, so it's, it's really nice to get the feel of, oh, if I run into a bug like this, how will I approach it? And he, he really is... Um, He's uh, not a native English speaker, but he's still easy to understand. Um, but I definitely think I'll send you some of that stuff, because right off the bat, I have something that's working, and if we just can focus on mechanics first and get a really nice, solid uh, game that flows nice, we can really then amp it up with graphics all we want and story and just really hit the ground running. But that's just one idea. I mean, we don't necessarily have to go with the whole Diablo 2 style thing, but it's like... I was actually just playing some Diablo 2 to get an idea of what that whole game was like, and it's just so, like, the the graphics are so outdated, whereas we can use some, like, we can make some 3D models in Blender and really, like, make it pop, and, like, it'd be like a Diablo 3, I guess, if you want to call it that, but on a lo lower scale, and hopefully more story-driven and... Yeah, and certainly um, I've been exploring some of this stuff with the Unity scripting engine, and they give you some fairly low-level tools. And, and granted, it is um, in some places not the most performant, but, you know, we can make it do basically whatever we want. So if we want to go, you know, full Unity the entire way, um, we, we definitely have a lot of options. And we can build a yeah. lot of the stuff ourselves as well, right? So if we come up with a cool concept that out-of-the-box Unity doesn't do on its own, we can certainly build a lot of that stuff uh, sort of custom. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd just be a nice, um, like a a starting point. And another cool thing is uh, of our team, AJ. I'm pretty sure he used to do 3D modeling and stuff. So I think he could adapt to Blender pretty well. And me and him could really get some neat 3D models for our games. But obviously, this will be a period just of months we're talking because it's going to take a while. But at least in the meantime, maybe you and I can start working on mechanics for something. And like, I guess we could use a box account to like sync up our stuff. We can we can make it work. Um, I'll I'll figure out sort of some of the logistics around that. We'll probably. Uh, would you be opposed to doing it on GitHub, making it sort of a community thing, or or is or would you rather have it sort of closed source? Um, I honestly don't. I'm not opposed to it, so I don't really care. It's uh, it, it hmm. It's, I want this maybe to be like a learning process so our listeners can follow along. So yeah, maybe GitHub would be a great medium for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm all about open source and things, and I think it would be a great opportunity if the community has ideas or fixes or whatever, they can feel free to submit pull requests. So that might be really cool. It's also nice yeah. because you immediately have a, a public issue tracker, which is, for me, one of the most frustrating things about games, right? You'll, you'll encounter a bug. You know exactly what's causing it. You have steps to reproduce, but then there's no place to submit that feedback. You know. Yeah. So. Well, it, it'd be I, cool. that's definitely. Yeah, I, I like that idea. It's definitely that's something we could set up. But um, and Brand over here. I mean, he's not really. You don't have too much uh game development background, but you're a writer. Do you think you'd be interested in maybe helping out with some story? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that uh, over the last week or so. And I know with a lot of stories you can just start writing, but with games it's a little tricky. You kind of need to know the mechanics. Like, a lot of games are built around one solid mechanic and you build the story around that. Sure. Well, that's, yeah, as we develop this, I think it's something we can come to you with and be like, I think we'll all collectively have an idea of what we want the game to be, but then we can take that idea and give it to you and be like, 
run with it, and then what we like, we can really accentuate. Yeah, I don't want to be start writing a whole fantasy narrative and then find out it's some sort of futuristic robotic. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure it's uh everybody's working towards something that we all agree on. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably the most I can contribute is <laughs> just the plot around it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I mean, even some dialogue, maybe, because that kind of stuff, that's the, that's where I struggle the most, especially, like, I don't know, I used to, I used to dabble, if you want to call it that, when it comes to, like, sci-fi and fantasy writing, and that, that's the, that's the hardest part about it, is having different characters, like, all the characters I write end up just being very similar in the way they speak and stuff, it's like, it's like, God, I need to, like, or, like, if I'm trying to, be, like, write for, like, a female character, that's really hard for me, because it's just like, I don't know what a girl would say. <laughs> <laughs> What would it be like to have boobs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's it's just uh, that's that's the thing. I would love to be a writer, but that's one area where it's like I have to like put myself out of body to be like, what would this person do? And that's kind of hard. Yeah, and I know for me at least with video games, one thing that really irritates me is the as you know, Bob, which is a sort of a plot device where it's like, oh, you don't know. That spaceship up there, spaceship up there is a blah 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 blah, and it just gives you the whole backstory and history of everything. Yeah, and it's mm. just for, forcing information into the dialogue, like so they can deliver the message, but without trying to work it throughout a long period of time. Yeah, that always immediately takes me out of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's never fun. So, have you guys played any uh, interesting new games lately? Um. How about you, Brian? You, I'm gonna look on my phone because I've been doing more mobile stuff lately. Lately, I've been uh, dabbling in a bit in a few different games. I have a uh, Dragon Age Inquisition going right now. I got it on a PS3, so I don't know if that's part of the problem. But uh, I've heard the story and the dialogue's great, which so far it's been pretty decent, at least for a Bioware game. But some of the graphics have just been terrible. Like really. I I know with my main character, at least, I gave him a beard, and it's just super shiny, like it's <laughs> glossy, and uh, it's just floating off of his face by like two inches at all times. What? So it's just very odd looking, and uh, I know some characters wear hoods or like a mask, and you'll see their face clipping like out, like the mask dissolving into their face and then popping back out a little bit. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen that. <laughs> or like during a dialogue with another character will do that sort of in-game cinematic where it's still in the game but the camera's moving on its own and the camera will pass by like a barrel and the barrel will just fill the entire screen while it's clipping into it oh jeez just like come on guys like that's just lazy work yeah well they probably they just wanted to release it probably so you would say overall though uh pretty buggy it it's frozen on me more than any other game on the ps3 so far yeah Ooh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really that's disappointing. A... Yeah, it's um it's definitely interesting. I've already logged in ten hours, but I'm not sure if that's genuine interest into it or if I'm forcing myself to play and like get my money's worth. Yeah, and that's the thing. I was I uh I was just on PSN this weekend looking for I don't know, I'm like, what's the latest and greatest thing I can just grab and be like, this is gonna be fun? And that was one in the one in the running and I watched the trailer for it and Damn, that trailer is really just like, wow, this looks epic as fuck. But um, it was no gameplay whatsoever. So I'm thinking to myself, at the end of that trailer, I was like, I have no idea what this game is going to be like other than this 
they they have really good cinematics for like uh cutscenes. So I don't know. And I'm glad I didn't drop the whatever it is, sixty dollars or anything, because yeah, I probably would have been sorely disappointed. Yeah, I can't honestly recommend it for sixty dollars. Like maybe on sale, maybe if you really like the story. But if you want to play the game, just buy Dragon Age Origins, because that's the peak. Yeah, and that's the thing. I feel like a lot of there's a lot of diehard Dragon Age fans out there, and I don't know, that's like right up my alley, and I've never played any of the series, like that whole franchise I've never really touched, but I've done the whole Demon Souls, Dark Souls, the Elder Scrolls, like all those kind of style games, but just never got into Dragon Age, so I was thinking, oh, well, maybe for my first Dragon Age, I'll just do the latest and greatest, it'll probably be the best one, but no. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I all cannot right. recommend that any less, um, especially for if you, any of the listeners do want to get into the story, Dragon Age Origins is the origin, it's the namesake. Um, and the second one just has this weird side story where they just follow this one guy. I just don't touch the second one. The second one's garbage in every aspect. It's terrible. See, I'm glad I get the in- the inside scoop on this before I, I blow the money. <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing the second one set up is a big battle between mages and templars. Like The templars are with like the church, or and this is the chantry it's called. So it's kind of like the crusades against uh, mages and stuff. And that's what the whole third one is about. So if you did just jump in right at the third one, you might be a little lost. Okay. Yeah. But if it's possible, uh, Dragon Age Origins out there, uh, it's, in my opinion, it's clearly a PC game that was ported onto consoles. Because it's mm. a very top-down sort of strategy game. Um, okay. I played it myself on the Xbox 360, but you know, I'm sure it worked fine on that. It didn't, you know, inhibit me at all so i would just say that one because it was the best all right good to know um yeah as to your question matt i i'll i'll just mention a few mobile games i might have mentioned them on a previous show with brent i'm not sure but uh the one i i downloaded is called dungeon hunter 4 uh it's it's just pretty much exactly what it sounds like but really good graphics for a phone or tablet you pretty much have uh two controls you you um move your thumb on i think it's either the 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 left side of your screen will move your character and then you tap with your right thumb on this like there's a series of uh icons for like a main attack you can tap that multiple times and then there's like other little special power boosts i guess you use some form of magic um and the like say the one is like a like a screaming face and you click on that and like this like big like explosion will happen or something and sure. it's pretty much just like a dungeon crawler you go around taking out these pretty wild enemies uh they're they're pretty disgusting looking and interesting so i definitely recommend it just to see what the characters are like but mm-hmm. i didn't get too far but it overall it's just kind of fun it definitely will get your phone hot or whatever device you're using i think cuz it's just one of those uh demanding kind of games mm-hmm. but overall it's kind of fun um i'm enjoying it it's it also the only annoying thing about it is it uh has like notifications come up like daily and i'm sure you can turn that oh, off yeah. I, I i just don't often go into the game and look for those kind of options but uh yeah it'll be like oh you can do this today and it's like i don't really feel like it but um <laughs> so it's it's worth checking out i'm not gonna really give it a crazy good review but um one game that i've really been enjoying is game dev story i don't i'm sure you've heard of it mm-hmm. yeah that that game's it's so simplistic but just still really fun like you control a pixelated uh team of developers and you can you're um 
your staff can grow and you can uh, change locations, get better offices and just pretty much just watch your sales go up as you release different goofy little games for different platforms and stuff. Overall, really fun. So that one's been eating up most of my time as far as if I just have a few minutes between this or that. Very cool. I'm always hesitant to play those sort of management games or uh, development games where you take on a real uh, position, like a real job. And you play as them, because it just, just like, oh, your game has you know failed and it's only been out for a month and no one wants to touch it. It's like, well, I guess I'll never be a real game developer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel playing this game, dude. I've been playing for a while now, and I literally just found out like a few days ago you can like get to a point where you progress to a new office. I'm like, wow, I must have sucked every other time I played this because, <laughs> and like it got to the point where like I was just being sarcastic. Like I would name my studios like fuck it, like, studios or something. And then, like, <laughs> like the, your first relief was, like, I would title it, like, buy me, please, or something. And, like, just to see, like, what the response was. And I think uh, when I was on that run for the the best game I sold was called Fine, Don't Buy Me. And that, <laughs> <laughs> so I used some reverse psychology and got a lot of sales. So. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you should hold back on the game releases and be like, oh, we'll release them on se- September and then never release it. So yeah. do, like, the interview. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Oh man, speaking of that, I mean, I don't know, we don't have to go into that too much because every other uh, media outlet is already talking about it, but what do you guys think about that? I th- I'm i leaning towards it's a publicity stunt, don't think North Korea was involved at all, and now it's just like a big mess, but uh, where do you guys stand? You know, it's it's honestly just probably a bunch of internet trolls out there. Um, I yeah. highly doubt they're affiliated with North Korea in any way. Um, I mean, just think about that conversation, right? Like, flying to China and then, like, taking, like, a ridiculously overstuffed bus full of, you know, very poor North Korean people across the border into North Korea, visiting Kim Jong-un and being like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take down Sony. (laughs) Right? Like, it didn't happen. Like, no, that would have never occurred. And so it's clearly just, like, some asshole that found a, a, a vulnerability in Sony's infrastructure they installed some viruses. They snooped around. They know that North Korea is mad and they just want to stir the pot, right? Like, if you're an internet troll, that's your goal, right? To make people upset and angry and question things. And they've done a f- pretty fantastic job of doing that, so... <laughs> yeah, and that was the perfect movie to do it because that was just asking for it. Literally, whoever wrote that plot was just asking for controversy. It's like, it's like if I wanted a movie about... Uh, racism and like Kim Jong Un and like just like anti North Korea. I'd watch Team America, uh, World Police or whatever that like that awful South Park offshoot, which was just like uh dolls or like uh puppets. They were puppeteering and stuff. I I don't think it, this movie is necessary at all. I think it was just I think they wanted the controversy and they got what they wanted. And I don't know. I and also John. John wrote a really good article on what what he thinks is how it's all just a publicity stunt for, uh, and I'll just I'll put that in the show notes because I think it's a good read and it's it's related. Yeah, I can't imagine it was a real threat at any time because uh, I think like Matt said earlier, Sony's hacked on Christmas. Their whole servers were down. Like Sony's been a target of hackers for a while now, and yeah, it's not surprising that their email got hacked this time instead of their uh, PSN servers. Yeah. But um, I also heard, I forget what source I heard this, but somebody said that they were going to be sending balloons of like, with like hundreds of copies of the interview 
to North Korea, and I'm thinking, what's what good is that going to do? These people aren't going to want to watch this shit. They yeah, won't even be able to understand it. That's less than likely, I think. Um, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if you live in North Korea, do you really think they have like DVD players? <laughs> you know. Exactly. So uh, it's kind of futile. I don't know. They don't have food for most of the time. Gosh. But if, yeah, if anyone was going to get outraged and actually do something about a movie being made of them, it would have been King John Ill, and it would have been Team America, like... Yeah, that was super offensive to him. I mean, they just really, they are just, I don't know. They That's South Park for you, though. They never know how to uh, stop. They'll just cross any boundary and just go with it, which is, I, that's fine by me. I think it's funny when you guys push your limits, and that's why it is uh, the comedy that it is, but I don't know. Team America, I just watched clips of it the other day, and I was just like, wow, I, f- I forgot how ridiculous this is. Uh, you forgot how ridiculous the movie with marionette puppets and a five-minute vomiting scene in the beginning is. Oh my god, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about that one. But yeah, I thought we'd at least uh, get a little insight on what everyone thought about the whole interview situation. And I mean, even Obama, I think, isn't there like now uh, sanctions against Korea? Because like Obama's fully bought into the whole fact that they believe Korea is responsible and I'm pretty sure Russia's on their side. We literally have like opened fucking the cat's nest or whatever the fucking phrase is. Like we opened Pandora's box with this fucking movie and it should have just never happened. I think they were a little too high when they wrote the plot for that one. <laughs> I mean in actual fact, like it, it it is one of the the biggest overblown incidents of all time, right? Like, we're talking about a nation that's run effectively by a child, right? Kim Jong-un is fairly young. His best friend happens to just be Dennis Rodman for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, well, that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, they, the, the the remarks that they make, they called John Kerry, like, this ugly wolf, right? Like, it, they just spout out this nonsense. And it's just at the whim of, like, some 20-something... I don't even know if Kim Jong-un is 20-something years old. I, I don't know if anybody actually knows how old he is. Like, that, that was a mystery for a while. Like, we didn't know how old Kim, Kim Jong-un was. We looked into it, and Kim Jong-un is 32 years old. And <laughs> they've got a total of 1,024 IP addresses in the whole world, right? <laughs> they've got twice as many IP addresses as... Twice as many or half as many IP addresses as Afghanistan. <laughs> like Ugh. the fact that they're angry at us should be of no concern to anybody <laughs> yeah as soon as i heard of it it just immediately brought up this little comic strip i saw where it's just a giant foot and you see a little kim jong-un run up throw a little missile at the foot and it snaps in half and his arms are just like what do something and like that's immediately what i thought it's like should we be concerned about this uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't. I mean, they, they've tried to do all of their nuclear tests, and of the ones that were successful, they were very highly controlled, right? Like, they tried shooting a missile across the Pacific Ocean, it crashed, right? If Even if they had the technology to somehow get a missile onto American soil, we would just swat it out of the sky, <laughs> right? Like, our biggest threat is effectively Russia, you know? And... Yeah. If our defense systems are geared up to that level, the fact that, you know, North Korea is able to send, like, something nuclear across an ocean, <laughs> it, it it's no contest, right? Yeah. I feel like this is, like, a big game of, like, Civ and, like, us and Russia are, like, 
at the modern age, and then like North Korea is still in like the like <laughs> barbarian back in the age. Bronze era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week, uh, a lot of stuff happened. Um, one thing that I thought was quite interesting, Elon Musk talked about a lot of different things, and so fairly recently, Elon Musk um, announced that the new, uh, I guess, Model S is going to have uh, the self-driving technology that um, they've been developing at Tesla for a while. That is insane, right? Because it came out of nowhere, right? Like, nobody's seen a Tesla car driving itself, Um and then for them to be like, oh, by the way, uh, we, you know, shipping in the upcoming Model S, you're just going to be able to press a button and it goes into autopilot. That's unbelievable, right? Google's yeah. been working on that for ages and they're still testing and iterating and prototyping. Um, but this week, uh, in fact, it might have been yesterday, Elon Musk tweeted that they're working on a charging cable for the, the Tesla cars that plugs itself in. So imagine this, right? You tell your car to drive you home, right? Your car drives you to your doorstep, right? You get out, your car drives off, goes into your garage, opens the garage door, drives in, shuts the garage door, and then the charging cable slithers its way out of the wall underneath your car, the little charging port opens itself on its own and it sort of goes up the side of your car like a snake and plugs itself in. I was, uh, how is it simulating the snake-like movement? I what have no fuck? idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that technology in and of itself already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. But the reason why I'm treating it seriously in any regard is because first off, it's Elon Musk, right? And second sure. off, they built a self-driving car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's fairly credible when Elon Musk says that they're working on something because for him to be confident enough in the technology to announce it means that they're probably well on their way to making it a reality. So that's really freaking cool. Yeah, absolutely. He also, he, he's got his his hand in pretty much everything. I think he's even doing some stuff with like space, uh, work and, uh, pretty much space flight development stuff. I'm trying, I think I saw something in the news. I didn't get a chance to read it. Yeah. So he's the CEO of SpaceX. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They've been working on a lot of different things. They've done, uh, contracting for NASA to, uh, send supplies to the international space station. Um, yeah, no, he, he is like, he is the the Nikola Tesla of our time. Yeah. Is he going to be played by David Bowie in the movie as well? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That idea of like a the self-driving car, I knew it's been around, you know, Google's had them and the idea has been around, but the something about what you said when it can plug itself in just kind of terrified me for a split second. Yeah, it's like it's crossing the boundary. Uh it's like like, having like a ha- a house that's like s- s- sentient. <laughs> well, it's like the movie Christine, where the car's alive. It's like or Herbie, the love bug. Like you know, or the nineteen ninety nine film Smart House. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Directed by LeVar Burton. <laughs> yep, that's where I was going. That's so funny. But it's always you know all those movies have well except for Herbie, <laughs> they all have the same. Uh, plot where like it controls itself and then it goes overboard and starts 
going nuts. Like, see though, we're we all we all want technology to guide us and like hold us by the hand and make everyone safer. But I I I'm not sure I would want to get on the whole self-driving car thing. I like having control, especially because like moving forward, we all know how easy it is to hack certain things. I'm sure they're going to be developing ways to be to change the trajectory trajectory of where you're trying to go or like they can mess with your navigation routes like and say like it's like oh i'm going home and then you end up in a back alley somewhere and you're getting robbed like i don't know stuff like that is kind of like what makes me leery but it's also that's really down the road obviously that's once the technology's widespread and people are trying to fuck with it yeah that's definitely going to be a concern you know three or four years from now Uh, i think in the short term the first generation it's going to be more of you know, convincing people that it's easier for them to just sit there and watch their ass grow than it is to, you know, drive around and, um, you know, because obviously it, the, the computer driving is much more reliable than a human being driving, right? Sure. Like, if it was up to me, if every other driver on the road was a computer, I would feel more comfortable than I do with everybody on the road being, you know, Hands down, yeah. You know, and anyone. You know, like, I, I see these crazy drivers, you know, like soccer moms in their minivans that are, you know, rushing to beat the yellow light. You know, you've got all of these teenage drivers that are, you know, pulling out in front of people without looking. Driving on the highway in California is not a pleasurable experience. <laughs> it, it happens on the other coast, too, man. I literally just had someone just not look, almost put pushed me into the median. I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, 10 minutes later, like, a an 80-year-old lady is going, like, 90 miles an hour past me. I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the biggest battle, I, it's going to be a lot like the, the sort of public mindshare problem that Google faces with Google Glass, right? Like, how do you say, no, really, you want to do your morning commute in this car that drives you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how how they're going to market it and sway people into accepting it as a a much more widespread idea. Uh, and my personal opinion about self-driving cars is that the adoption route isn't going to be uh, the same way that we've picked up on hybrids and electric cars, right? It's not going to be, oh, these are you know somewhat cheaper. There's efficiency benefits. It's going to be sort of an outside-in approach, right? There's going to be a company that starts up that does taxi services, limousine services, entirely with self-driving cars, right? You're going to you know effectively have the Uber app and press a button, and you're going to get a self-driving car show up and drive you. And I think yeah. for a long time, that's going to be the only economic way to take advantage of self-driving cars. And I feel like uh, what will really drive the adoption is not buy a self-driving car like most people do now and then pay it off and then have this car. It's going to be there's a company that has a fleet of self-driving cars and you just use one for, for the drive that you want to do. And then, you know, it goes back into this communal pool of self-driving cars interesting that that could work for a lot of people i'm sure i i would not want that particularly think about think about like the maintenance costs right because you've got all those onboard computers and upgrades need to be performed they need to be verified as safe certainly there's a lot more complexity in a self-driving car than a regular car so the cost of ownership at least in the short term is going to be very high you know if all of a sudden it can't drive itself 
and you have to take it to a mechanic. A mechanic is, is going to look at it and be like, I don't know what the hell to do with this, right? And so yeah. you're going to need very specialized support for it. You're going to need you know, tooling and expertise around it. And I think the only way that that's going to happen is if it's, you know, on a, on a very small scale sort of collective organization that's making these self-driving cars available to other people. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely an interesting thing on the horizon. And I think it's going to gain a lot of speed in the coming years, but we'll, we'll definitely see. And it's what I'm, my, my big concern, I guess, is, um, uh, self-driving cars sharing the road with non-self-driving cars because you know in the early years of this becoming popular someone's going to crash into one of these self-driving cars and it's going to be it's going to be really unfortunate and i'm sure it's going to make all sorts of news oh yeah and in fact it, there was an accident with the google self-driving car it got rear-ended um and to the best of my knowledge that's the only accident that the google self-driving car has actually ever been in which is pretty impressive yeah, I'm personally wondering about uh, GPS and stuff because I know, at least on my phone, the GPS is pretty good. But every now and then, the signal will cut out, and what happens if that happens? If that happens to the whole car, like, will it oh, just yeah. stop in the middle of the road? Or that's a good good question. Also, and all the all the goddamn Night Rider uh, references just gonna be like, ah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, well, I, I play not very many games, but when I do play games, it's, it's usually stuff that I enjoy and, and stuff along the lines of uh, what I usually play. And so I don't really go outside of my comfort zone, but one of the things that I've been getting very much into uh, that I haven't played in a very long time is a game called Dungeons of Dreadmoor. Uh, so this is a game, indie game, came out in 2011. Um, it was rated as like one of the best games of the year and it is everything that i used to love about a really good old-fashioned mud um updated to you know modern dungeon crawling standards right so okay. it, it's very much similar in in many of the mechanics to stuff like um wow or uh I, I I don't want to like dig myself a hole and say Diablo and have you know people commenting that Matt Basta doesn't know what Diablo's like, but <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a, a classic dungeon crawler. But what I like most yeah. about it is that it doesn't take itself very seriously, right? So there's tons of like little jokes, there's funny little things, some of the things that the characters say in the game, um, just like little jokes and things. And so it it isn't you know super serious, super hardcore role playing. Um, but it's got enough uh, functionality that you can go through and not, you know, see the same thing repeated two or three times. It's all randomly generated dungeons. Um, there's a really uh, robust character creation system. Uh, so you can sort of play it many, many times and, and not really encounter the same sort of repetitive game mechanics. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been playing that. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out now uh, because it's cheap and it's an indie game and it's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, Dungeons of Dreadmore. I'm sure, uh, Doug, you'll put the the Steam link or something like that in the in the description. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check it out. I mean, that sounds right up my alley and it might uh, 
give us some good ideas for the game we're working on because I I kind of want to I'm now that I'm playing Diablo and working on this like this little project I w- I'm leaning towards like a dungeon crawler but I'm not sure if I want to go serious or not serious or I'm not even sure what we want to do with this game yet. Yeah, it's something to check out and certainly um if you know if you pick it up for no reason other than the fact that it's only five dollars um i i highly recommend it there's a lot of mechanics in there that i really enjoy um a lot of sort of emergent behavior uh within the game that's really uh interesting and fun um so yeah definitely definitely check it out oh it's uh it's a roguelike it is a roguelike that's uh we were talking about that in one of the previous episodes because I've been getting into that genre, I guess, a lot with uh, Binding of Isaac and Ziggurat and a few other games. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah. One of the things that I've, I've in in some of the other roguelikes that I've played recently, you you end up with some mechanics where it's like tiring or repetitive. But I'll I'll be honest, like having played at least a dozen hours of Dungeons of Dreadmore so far, um, I I have yet to sort of get bored with things that are, you know, happening over and over again, like uh, Skyrim, right? Like, after you've played Skyrim for a while, it gets a little bit grindy. I've never <laughs> had this game get grindy, so um, if nice. if nothing else about it, that that is certainly a really cool thing. Uh, and there is DLC for it as well if, if you want to buy the expansion pack. Um, so it is quite good. Uh, the other game... And I've mentioned this in two episodes so far, uh, but I've been playing Goddess, which is a, a mobile game you play as a god, um, sort of a dead genre for a very long time, god games, right? Um, yeah, they're they're super fun, if you ask me. I, I didn't even really get to play many other god games besides Goddess, but I, I don't know, that really piqued my interest, that game. Yeah, there, there were a few god games back in sort of the 90s and dare I say, the 80s. Um, I wasn't alive, but I'll take other people's word for it. <laughs> I was for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last time I talked about Goddess, I was sort of hitting a bit of a wall, right? So I knew that the, the last thing, air quotes, that you did was build the Ark, right? So you built the Ark and took all these resources and finally you did it and then something happened. And I assumed it was the end of the game and you basically just started over fresh and, you know, it, it proceeded from there. Okay. I could not have been more wrong. So what I didn't realize is that the arc is simply sort of a, a funneling point where once you've sort of reached the highest level that you can get to in the world, you build the arc and it takes you to a new world. Um, and you can switch back and forth between the new world and your old world all the time. Um, oh, wow. But what's really cool is that they unlock the other half of the skill tree when you go to this new world. So all of a sudden, there's all of these things that you can get, all of these resources that you can use. They add a ton of new game mechanics. I had no idea that any of this existed. Um that's that's super exciting to yeah. stumble across that and just it'll it'll keep the game experience like to continue <laughs> exactly if i had known that this was that it was there i would have been much more excited about it and and pushed a lot harder to get there um 
But yeah, so if you played Goddess and you got a little burnt out with grinding and, and collecting belief and things like that, definitely go and build the Ark. Get yourself to Wayworld, which is the name of the new world. A uh, lot of really cool, exciting challenges there. Um, they have one of the, the first few god powers that you can unlock while you're there. It makes uh, sculpting the land free. So you don't have to worry about belief anymore. You've just got effectively unlimited belief. So uh, very cool stuff. And Oh, awesome. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Goddess yet, Again, like this is this is one of my favorite games of 2014, um, and I promise I'll I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, since it's the last time we're going to talk about it, anything uh, new in the Astari department? Did like oh are yeah, they a part are is are they a part of the new world as well or no? Yes. So in the starting world, home world, um, there is one. Astari building, right? So the Astari, for those of you that are turning in for the first time, turning tuning in for the first time, um, and haven't heard me sort of sing the praises of Goddess, um, the Astari are the primary antagonists, and basically their sort of civilization has a happiness rating, and your civilization has a happiness rating, and if theirs goes above yours for any significant period of time, some of your followers will start to leave and join the Astari, and vice versa. Um, and early on in uh, playing the homeworld in Goddess, I unlocked meteors. <laughs> um, and so I fired a meteor at them, and it burned the whole thing to the ground. They became miserable. <laughs> and finally, the last Astari joined my people, which sort of unlocked that area for me, and I got a little bit of population going. And it was just a total surprise. I didn't realize that you could do that. Um, I thought I had cheated in, in some ways, but it turns out that it is a legitimate game tactic. So um, in Wayworld, instead of just being one Asari temple, there's actually three temples and two uh, buildings or settlements. And, okay. and so um, there's a lot, it's not quite as easy to just fire some meteors and be done with it. Uh, you've <laughs> got to really be strategic about it, and their happiness levels do go up quite quickly. So, um, it's it's not as as cut and dry as just you know fire a meteor and build some swamps. Um, I've spent a lot of belief <laughs> building swamps on their land, so um, that's sort of helped me out. Uh, there are a lot of Astari uh, moving from their civilization over to mine, which is quite good. Uh, but it's also a challenge because I've got a lot of followers that are leaving for the Astari. So, uh, you really got to balance it. And it, it, it is quite, a, it is quite a challenge and not in, in sort of a repetitive grindy way, which, which I really like. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad to get the final update. I mean, Hey, if you, anything else really interesting comes up, it's not off limits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'll probably talk about it. And I, I know I just promised that I, I won't talk about it again, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> it again uh, when Toucans, uh, tw- 22 cans. What, what's the name of the, the company by Peter Molyneux? Oh, oh, t- uh, 22 cans. 22 cans. Um, when they update it with more voyages, so voyages are sort of the, the two dots sort of quest 
where, uh, it, you know, like Angry Birds, where you play and you get like two or three stars and you go on to the next level and it's just a short little thing. Um, yeah. They've only got a limited number right now of, of those sort of quests. And so I've finished all of them and uh, you're not allowed to go back anymore, but they're going to add more. And so when they add more, I'll probably talk about it again. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, all right. So, I mean, we're kind of running long here, but I do have an idea if you guys are game. I'm not sure if we have enough time, but uh, I was wondering if you guys. Yeah. All right. Let's play uh, the conversation game. I was the walrus um, for for I don't know if we've never actually played, but I did play on a previous episode with the press continue podcast, but I'll still explain the rules for um, uh, Brandon and you, Matt. But uh, so the, the gist of this game is uh, you come up with any noun. Well, you're going to come up with three for three rounds, but you come up with any noun and it's supposed to be as badass as possible. And pretty much uh, you'll take turns, like say Brandon will go first and then, then Matt will go and then I will judge and that'll be round one. And then the best of three wins. So, I mean, technically it could only run two rounds if someone has two really good ones, but hopefully it runs three rounds and you got to save your best for last. So, I mean, I'll give you some time to, to think about your first, uh, noun, but, uh, that's how the game works. Um, I'm going to be right back. Uh, okay. Give me like two minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to mute my Skype. I'll be, I'll be right back. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Brendan, you and I can just chit chat for the meantime. Okay. You better not be looking up badass nouns and oh, trying to beat Oh, that's exactly me. what he's doing. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just have to look around my room and just look at all the crap I got, and I think I'm ready. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I, it's and that's the thing. Um, hopefully, it's nothing that goes over my head. If it's like a reference I don't get, um, I'll I'll be honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll explain it if we need to. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll Google it and be like, okay, well, the Higgs boson God particle. Well, that's <laughs> it's gonna need some explaining. We can't do. <laughs> well, uh, for instance, the last the last time I played this game with the other guys, uh, I I got in a situation where I was comparing a lamp to Ireland, and I came to the conclusion that lamps are better. So <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> that was an interesting take. Yeah, that one was kind of a, a surprise. You guys still there? Yep. Oh, yeah. Can you here. hear me? Okay, perfect. Can we do nouns with like adjectives or? Um, it's as of now, it's strictly nouns. I mean, we can change it down the road, but. Okay. Um, let me confirm the rules. So basically, we come up with a noun, and then correct the person that's that's judging doesn't come up with a noun, and the the other two people say their nouns at the same time and the person that's judging decides which is better yeah, yeah i actually like yeah see you already made it better because the last time i didn't incorporate uh the 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 opponent saying at the same time i pretty much had it one person says something and then the other person uh ponders theirs and then comes back but no i, I like yours a lot better because it's more rock paper shoot-esque yeah, because if you say one at a time, it's like uh, a lion, and the other person is like a nuclear warhead. Like it's yeah. <laughs> good point. Very good point. So I'm glad we actually cleared that up because that was kind of a technical issue. But now, no, that's m much better. So yeah, I'll, how about I'll do like a one, two, three, shoot, and then you guys both say your thing, and then I'll, I'll just try to take it all in at once. Yeah, we can like repeat them because it'll probably be muddled when we both say them together, but we both decide yeah. at the same time. Say. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's that's a much better plan. So yeah, and then we we do the best of three, um, in rounds. And like 
uh, Adam from Press Continue suggested we should do like a round three or something like <laughs> something like from like Mortal Kombat, but I don't know if we can get rights to that kind of shit. I don't know <laughs> how any I don't know how any of that works. I'm I, I'm splicing in the theme song of Elf and Lied in one of our episodes. I hope we don't get sued or anything. But... <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Fair use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right, guys. Uh, you guys ready to play the game? I think so. Let's play the game. All right. Round one. I'm going to count to three. I hope you guys are ready. If you're not, speak now. Forever hold your peace. All right. Ready? Round one. One, two, three, go. Fried eggs. Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, I didn't hear the other one. (laughs) All right. So so we got Jake the dog. That's uh, a character from Adventure Time. And we got fried eggs. All right. You're at a disadvantage, Matt, because I'm the judge in this one. Only because I I'm not like allergic to eggs, but I cannot eat eggs. And oh. it's, it's, a, it's a shame. It's, I, it's really, I'm it's, really it's hungry, and so eggs are on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I thought he was at a disadvantage because you know fried eggs aren't sentient. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with Jake the dog on that one. That that's just uh, that's just uh. That was a uh, unfortunate thing. So from now on, keep in mind, Doug doesn't like eggs unless I'm, <laughs> unless somebody else is the judge. <laughs> right. Duly noted. Right. So are we doing like proper nouns as well? I guess so. So like Jake the dog is fair game. Like if if I make trivia references, sure. y- you guys aren't gonna like disqualify me. Not at all. You can do anything, even like celebrities, like places, anything, anything noun related. So really, that's anything's fine. And like I said, though, I think while you were away, I said if it, if it's a reference I don't understand, I'll be perfectly honest and just say I have to Google this because. <laughs> yeah, I think with press continue, I think they did like Bilbo Baggins versus Abe Lincoln. Yes, and that's the thing. I look back on that, and I I I I. I lose sleep over that one because <laughs> <laughs> Bilbo Baggins is the shit and so is Abe Lincoln though so that one I just feel like that could have been a tie too. Abe Lincoln was a renowned wrestler like he was like top tier wrestling so it's very likely he could have won. Wow well that really backs up my answer and I was just out on a limb for that so that that helps me out thanks. <laughs> yeah I, I, not many people know that Abraham Lincoln actually uh, was one of the original founding fathers of the WWF. What? Yeah, no, it's it's totally true. <laughs> <laughs> now I just imagine him in like the tight workout pants and like holding a belt over his head. I'm just like, does didn't he have wooden teeth too? I'm just like, he's like playing dirty and like biting Bilba's fingers or something. <laughs> no, that was Washington. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm no history buff. Yeah. That's for sure. No, th- that's why the North won because Abraham Lincoln was a really great wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I guess we can move on to round two. I mean, Bilbo and Abe are off limits, though, so don't even go there. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. Hmm. Ready. I'm still thinking. Hold on. No sweat. Okay, I got something. All right, it's uh, round two. One, two, three, shoot. Nicholas Cage as Benjamin Gates in National Treasure. Wow, mm. okay. Wow, okay, wait, what was the first one? Brad, I heard you, but I lost it. Kodiak Bear. Okay, I, that one's going over my head. I'm Googling it. and It's Matt just a bear, re- like a brown bear. Oh, okay. And Matt, 
re- repeat yours again. I, I all I I think I got it. It's Nicolas Cage in the treasure in the National Treasure series. Yeah, as, as Benjamin Gates. Yes. And I'm googling a Kodiak bear because I really don't know what they look like. I'm honestly just looking around my room and just seeing what's on the walls. It could be the be- the winning strategy. All right. Wow. I never knew that there was a term for this kind of bear. Well, the thing is, National Treasure, I mean, I don't want to talk shit, but I, I'm sure there's big fans out there, but I just, <laughs> I just, can't, I just can't take those movies seriously. I'm sure National take, Treasure has a strong cult following. <laughs> I can't take Nick's Cage seriously, but I, I think I would, if I, let's say, here's my ultimatum. It's like, if I'm watching a documentary on bears, or if I'm forced, if I'm forced, if I have to watch a documentary on bears, or if I have to watch National Treasure... I would watch National Treasure simply for the laughs. So I'm going to go with Nicolas Cage on this. And I oh, think that wow. that's like against everything in my religion. <laughs> but <laughs> so at least we made it to round three because it seems like it's one one. So, I mean, this one's for all the, the gems, all the rubies. While we're on the last one for a second, can we all agree that we would love a documentary on Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Riding yeah. Kodiak bears. <laughs> I'm sure they would factor in somehow. He's yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. The, no, it would. It, I would watch that. I would back that Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he started a Kickstarter. He needs money. He he probably does. He's going to be doing, like, those cash for gold commercials or, like, retirement (laughs) mutual fund infomercials late at night. Yeah, you know, he'll be like, you need a reverse mortgage? (laughs) (laughs) Please take my reverse mortgage. I need to fund my four German castles. (laughs) Dude, that's something I would love to invest in if I ever hit it big. I just want to buy castles overseas. I'll just rent them out and make bank. That's how he lost all his money. Oh, okay. Well, now I know better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess uh, we can move on to uh, round three. And this one, like I said, this was for the universe. You guys, this is big. Until the next time we play, someone's got bragging rights. Hmm. I think I'm ready. All right, yeah, let's go. I got Google up, so we're good. All right. Round three. One, two, three, shoot. Machine.com. <laughs> All right. Is it because he has Google up? Uh, Yeah, anyway, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Other fine uh, search engines are available. Uh, the one time I should have said ass cheese. <laughs> Damn it! You can re- you can change your answer to that just to make it more interesting if you want. Oh no! I, I want to see I want to see Danny Trejo as Machete fighting the search engine Bing. Uh, oh, Jesus. oh, there you go. Um. Well, I've never seen Machete, and oh. I've never used Bing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh let me prep- and you and you're talking about the the film machete, not like the weapon, like the instrument. No, Danny Trejo as Machete, one of the, okay. the best movies. It's just so over the top. I wish I had seen it. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Machete simply because I just I I don't use Bing, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure I want to hear from Matt. Like, is Bing worthwhile? Because you use it as one of your best as one of your best nouns. So, I mean. It it's not very good. Uh, I will be honest. <laughs> That's why I chose it to fight for me. Um, I, I I bring it up because, in in actual fact, it is the new default search engine in Firefox. Uh, if you haven't already changed it. Um, oh wow! 
they recently had some outage outages. Um, they uh, now there's really nothing all that notable about it, but I think it it is quite entertaining. You know, like um, <laughs> Doges or um, yeah. lolcats. You know, in 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 the same vein. <laughs> good for a chuckle nice yeah definitely uh worth using in the game that's uh, it's not a good strategy though <laughs> yeah it it should be like uh you know two action points to to bing something and like three and a half action points to google it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ah uh, well, I mean, I'm glad we got to fi- we got to play again. It seems like um, our brands are winner for this this round. Oh, so yeah. uh, you won with Machete and uh, what was dog. that? Jake the dog. That's right. Oh so. my god, I want to see that movie now so bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much out of things to talk about. How about you guys? I mean, anything you want to throw in last minute? Not particularly. I'm, I'm still going to be suffering through Dragon Age Inquisition for a while, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm I thinking about picking up GTA Five, but um, the thing is, I'm not the kind of person to play those games for the story at all. It's just like, I want to drive around, shoot people, and just do weird shit, so... I think with GTA Five, you might have to uh, go through the story a little bit just to unlock it, like, most of the stuff, mm. but yeah. you will be able to do that at a certain point. I will say this, I've played all of GTA Five. It's definitely got the like most involved like involving story I've played in a long time in one of those games. I think it's because it, you play as three different characters, so you get different perspectives, and you got uh, Trevor. So when you want to cut loose and just go insane, you can play one of his missions, and then you got uh, I think Franklin, who's pretty straight laced, and he's just trying to make his way through the world, and then you got Michael, who's just crazy, like doing like government espionage sort of missions. Interesting. Yeah, I did hear about there being three uh, characters you play, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I'm sure it works for certain people, but I would I would just want, I guess, because I'm not so in- interested in the whole story aspect of those games. I would just want a, a, a regular. This is my character. Let me unleash me in this city, and then I'll like kind of like with the old games. But I guess they're trying to improve on that. So I don't know. I'd recommend Saints Row then. Okay. Because that's interesting. It's pretty much Grand Theft Auto, but like, if it was like stuck on ecstasy and cocaine for the last like twenty years, yeah, like it's just <laughs> out of its mind. One of the main weapons is a giant dildo. Yeah. Oh well, well I don't know how I feel about that, <laughs> but it's something to try, I guess. It's great. I'd recommend both games. Ah, uh, and there's that other game, Sleeping Dogs or something, that I heard was along the lines of a Grand Theft Auto. Am I right, or am I thinking of something wrong? No, yeah, I heard of that one. I. I heard it did good, but it wasn't like a commercial success. It wasn't as big as they hoped it'd be. Okay, but yeah. I heard I might, it was pretty decent. Yeah, I might just look into that a little more, but yeah, not too much else is going on in my world, so I'm probably going to be have my hands full editing this episode because I've never really had three uh, separate audio sources and trying to splice that all together, so that'll be interesting. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should also, uh, before before we sign off, uh, we should invite our listeners to send us in some questions or uh, things that they'd like us to talk about. Um, certainly, yeah. this episode probably won't go out for uh, a little while after we've recorded it, um, but sure. sort of as things start to trickle in, 
Um, send it to our email address, which is almost better than silence at gmail.com. Excellent. And we will uh, read your emails in advance to make sure you didn't say anything lewd or unfortunate. And um, <laughs> then we'll, we'll talk about uh, what you ask us or, or tell us to talk about or whatever. Um, maybe. Yeah, seriously, just send. You can send it to our email, or you can tweet us. Uh, we have a Twitter and all that. We're hip, you know. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know what the kids like. We're cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, I I did not have a Twitter until we started the podcast, so that just says a lot about me. But uh, it's uh, Twitter.com/slash/abtsilence. So if you do want to tweet us, feel free. We'll 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 talk about you on the show. I mean, we're just getting our our footing, so it's plenty of room if you guys have suggestions so great sounds good all right guys well thanks so much yeah take care yeah thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening guys bye